This is the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. New York Sports Nation, enhancing your New York fan experience. I'm your host, Manny Rodriguez, back after a hiatus, a bit of a COVID outbreak in my house. But luckily, everybody is A-OK. I wish I could say the same about the Knicks. Uh, Two weeks ago, in the last pod that I recorded and published, there was a happy one. This one, (laughs) it won't. Let's get to it. Usually when I do these podcasts, I wouldn't say I have a script, but um, I usually have, you know, a Google Doc open, have some bullet points uh, listed, topics that I want to talk about. I don't have any of that today. I'm just going to speak right from the bottom of my heart. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks stink. Um, they were on a three-game winning streak in the middle of January. They were victorious over the Spurs, the Mavs. And the Hawks, um, spanning uh, five days, January 10th through January 15th, they followed that three-game winning streak with a three-game losing streak. Um, The Knicks have actually lost uh, five of their last six contests. And um, this team lacks um, in every way, with the exception, I feel like, of uh, R.J. Barrett. Emmanuel quickly and Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes as well. Um, uh, you know what? I, maybe we should just go player by player. Um, let's start with Kemba Walker. It's a feel-good story. You know, the Bronx kid coming back home, playing for the hometown New York Knicks. Let's let's be honest. Uh, Kem- Kemba Walker is a shell of himself. Kemba Walker is not the guy he was uh, back in uh, back in Charlotte, back at uh, UConn. Um, Kemba Walker is just simply, unfortunately, not a hooper anymore. He's 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 done. He's done, and the reason for that is his is his knee issues. I really do think if if Kemba Walker didn't have these these. Uh, these problematic knees, these arthritic knees that he has, maybe he would be more of a factor. It's like having Alfred Payton out there again. At least Alfred Payton can kind of defend, kind of defend. But Kemba Walker was, with this vision of, of you know, oh, he's back, you know, it didn't work out in Boston, didn't work out in Boston because, you know, he's got to work behind uh, Tatum and Brown. Uh, he, he was just, he was just, it was just never a good fit for Kemba in, in Boston. No, Boston knew that Kemba is, is a shell of himself. He can't play basketball anymore. It's, it pains, it my heart is shattered to pieces right now saying this, but Kemba Walker should not be on the Knicks on the Knicks roster anymore. He should get bought out. Um, he's just taking up space now and taking away minutes from the younger guys. Uh, Kemba Walker simply is just a non-factor. He continues to not play on defense. He's just, you know, we we figured finally, you know, Knicks fans finally were, were clamoring. Finally, the Knicks got a point guard. We got a point guard. Well, this point guard that the Knicks acquired or the Knicks signed in Kemba Walker will just dribble the ball forward and, you know, give a little bounce pass, entry pass to the low block to Julius Randle on an ISO play, and he'll run to the corner, and we'll have to watch ISO Randle for 
uh, you know, 15 of the 24 seconds or 20 of the 24 seconds before he, uh, you know, uh, dribbles, either dribbles it off of his foot, gets stripped, jumps up, and then comes down, travels before he gets rid of the ball. We'll go off on Julius Randle later. But the... Uh, but it's just Kemba Walker, we figured he would come, he would set the offense, he would run traffic on the offense, telling people where to go, calling screens, running the offense like a point guard should. And he hasn't done that. So a mistake by Leon Rose. Two mistakes by Leon Rose. Evan Fournier signing. Fournier is hot garbage as well. Um, he'll catch... He'll catch, he'll score in bunches. And those bunches aren't very fruitful. He'll maybe, you know, he'll start the game either 3 for 3 or 0 for 3. If he starts the game 3 for 3, this is exactly how it goes. Evan Fournier will start the game 3 for 3. And then go 1 for his next 7. Or... Here's the other possibility with Evan Fournier. He starts the game 0 for 3, goes 3 for his next 4, and then he'll go, you know, 1 for 4 in the fourth quarter and be a non-factor in the fourth quarter. The inconsistency in Evan Fournier's offensive game is hurting the Knicks. And it's more often that he's off than he's on. And we all know about the struggles um, Evan Fournier has in defending a basket, uh, in defending a, 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 a ball handler, defending somebody, playing defense in general. Evan Fournier um, d- cannot play defense. Um, I am a firm and strong believer that a modified, you know, eighth grade basketball player can drive past Evan Fournier. Um, he provides no help on defense, doesn't know when to rotate. Um, he'll do his best to close out, but it'll be way too late. Uh, he'll get crossed over. Um, you can, you can actually drive the lane with Evan Fournier and he will give you that lane. He won't try to clog the lane up. He can't play defense. He simply cannot play defense. So you've got a two guard in Evan Fournier who will not put the ball in the basket. Let me remind you, Evan Fournier is supposed to be an offensive, an offense-first type player. He's supposed to be a shooter. And he can't get the ball in the basket. Plus, he can't play defense. So you got a guy who can't play offense and he can't play defense. Great job. That's a great job by the Knicks. Um, R.J. Barrett. Uh you know, we all know of, of, of Barrett's inconsistencies. However, over the last, in this new calendar year, in this entire month of January, which is already coming to an end. Um, hey, guys, it's almost Valentine's Day. Um, this entire month of January, Barrett has played very well. Um, Barrett has shown strides and has gone on a stretch in which you see the potential of you know, a third, a third overall pick. You can see the, the potential that we saw when he was um, in high school and when the potential that we saw at Duke. Let me remind you, R.J. Barrett, coming out of high school, was ranked higher than Zion Williamson. R.J. Barrett 
everybody thinks R.J. Barrett has the potential to be that guy. And he has shown it all through January. Uh, let me pull, let me try to find some stats. Uh, he must be averaging, uh, you know, well over 18 points in the month of January. Um, he has been putting the ball in the basket. Um, he has been driving to the rim. Uh, here we go. R.J. Barrett, in 13 games in January of 2022, 22.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.4 assists per game in this month. Let me let, If you didn't catch that, R.J. Barrett in the month of January of the year 2022 is averaging 22.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.4 assists per game. The Knicks' struggles in this month has absolutely nothing to do with R.J. Barrett. Barrett has been playing basketball at a whole nother level. He has been playing basketball the way that Knicks fans know and knew, um, at least most of them. A lot of people still don't believe in R.J. Barrett, which is ridiculous. But uh, right now we are seeing the R.J. Barrett that, we know deserve to be on an all-rookie team. I'm sure the NBA, they still have that haunt. Um, that still haunts them in their dreams at night, not putting R.J. Barrett on uh, an all-rookie team. Um, and R.J. Barrett, because of that, people don't understand the type of player that R.J. Barrett can be. Um, people are actually clueless, Let, let's be honest. Uh, R.J. Barrett, like I said, getting to the rack, and uh, he looks a lot better shooting the ball, too. Uh, in the month of January, R.J. Barrett is shooting 44% from behind the arc. 44%. 44% from R.J. Barrett. That's not too shabby. R.J. Barrett, I'm sorry that this is happening to you right now. I'm sorry you are not getting any help. Um, Mitchell Robinson as well. Mitchell Robinson has been, has been playing well. Uh, you know, we saw Mitch have his struggles earlier in the season with the weight and then the injury and then conditioning and, and whatnot. Um, but he looks good. Uh, right now he looks good. You get what you get out of Mitchell Robinson. You know, Mitchell Robinson's not going to put up Nikola Jokic numbers. You know, he's not going to put up 25 and 10. Um, but, you know, he'll crash the boards, he'll get his blocks, he'll be that guy in the paint that will make somebody think twice about trying to, you know, get some points in the paint. You know, Mitchell, that's Mitchell Robinson's paint, and I feel as though he's been defending it very well um, over this, this stretch. Now we have to talk about Julius Randle. Um, Julius Randle... I was a, I was a I was an apologist and uh, a Julius Randall apologist uh, and believer earlier in the season, um, but this December really caught my eye, and now January has has really Julius Randall has lost me. He has lost me. He's averaging seventeen points, nine and a half rebounds, and five point three assists per game in the month of January. Um, however, he's shooting 40% from the field and shooting 25% from behind the arc. 
Now, if you're shooting 25% from behind the arc, you should probably stop shooting the three at the volume that you're shooting it at. Julius Randle is averaging five three-pointers a game, and he's making one. What's, what's the game plan there? What's the idea? How, how can you possibly watch these games, watch Julius Randle try to pull it from behind the arc, brick it, make it 25, make it a quarter of the time, and Tom Thibodeau's on the sideline. Yeah, this is, this is, the, this is what we'll roll with. This is a good offensive plan. Oh, it's awful. Oh, goodness gracious. Julius Randle has been playing some awful basketball. Julius Randle got the accolade, got the contract, and said, I'll see you later. This is abhorrent, repulsive out of Julius Randle. And, and like I was alluding to earlier, oh, I'm so sick and tired of watching Kemba bring the ball up to the weak side. Entry pass to Julius Randle on the low block. And have Julius try to, uh, try to do some post move. Julius Randle doesn't have, as the kids say these days, Julius Randle doesn't have a bag. He doesn't have the, the dribble moves to... He doesn't have the dribble moves to do all this. Tom Thibodeau, and this is also on Tom Thibodeau, and we'll, we'll touch upon Tom Thibodeau in a bit. I'm already at a 15 minutes almost. I'm at 13 minutes, and we haven't even gone to the bench yet. Julius Randle is out here catching the ball on the low block, uh, you know, trying to create space when he doesn't have the dribble moves, doesn't have the agility to do so, and ends up taking a, you know, like a step back, mid-range contested shot. Who the hell does he think he is? Does he think he's Kobe Bryant making the, the shot selection? The shot selection is so poor. At least when Kobe went ahead and took some of these shots, these contested mid-range jumpers turning around with a hand in his grill, it's Kobe Bryant. He's probably going to make it. Julius Randle, <laughs> Julius Randle just doesn't have the, the skill level. He's been awful. Plus, him bringing the ball up, uh, you know, and, and driving. I can picture it right now. He'll have the ball right wing dribbling with his left hand. He'll try to dribble his way into the paint. The paint is clogged up. All of a sudden, he's at the free throw line, and then he jumps up looking to pass. Why is he jumping if you want to pass? He's jumping up looking to pass. Doesn't see anybody open, and then his feet hit the floor, causing a travel before he gets rid of the ball. Who does that? That's elementary stuff right there. That's something that a five-year-old would do. That's something that the five-year-olds learn at that age that you shouldn't be doing that. And he can't deal with a double team either. Oh, when he sees a double team, you might as well just chalk up a turnover for the Knicks. Doesn't know what to do. He'll catch the ball, let's say, here's a hypothetical, he'll get the ball on uh, the left elbow. Free throw line extended. Double team comes. He doesn't know what to do. He does not know what to do. He'll put it on the floor, 
pick up his dribble. Incoming the double team doesn't know what to do. It'll be a turnover nine times out of ten. He'll either get stripped or he'll throw it cross court over somebody's head and into, you know, row D. Ridiculous. Julius Randle has been awful this season. Plus, uh, especially, uh, he's been awful since December. Also, um, just the, the, he seems uninterested. Seems like he doesn't want to be here. If you look at, if you look at pictures and video, videos that we don't see, things that you can only see in the arena, because, you know, timeout is called, they'll go to a media, uh, it'll be a media timeout. We get the commercials while we watch on MSG. But if you're at the, uh, if you're at the arena, and this happened again on uh, Wednesday night in Miami, in which the Knicks, by the way, were down 30 at one point with Julius Randle with a minus 30-something. I think he finished with a minus 34. I don't even want to pull up those numbers. Uh, embarrassment. Embarrassment. Julius Randle, during these timeouts, he's not even engaged. Nowhere close to the huddle. You take a look on the other side of the court, the Miami Heat, who, by the way, are in first place. They seem together. They seem engaged. Spolstra has them huddled around him. No matter if you're Jimmy Butler or the 15th guy on the bench, everybody is huddled around Spolstra looking at that dry erase board as he dry uh, as he as he uh calls out these plays or, or or draws out these plays for his men you don't see that with Nick's huddles you don't see that i don't know if these guys are starting to tune thibodeau out which there lies another problem but julius randall he's like 20 feet away 20 feet away talking to other people and it's not just Julius. I saw R.J. Barrett a little bit closer to the huddle, but still disengaged. To the bench. Emmanuel quickly. Uh, quickly has been great. Uh, there's some times where he perhaps takes a shot that you wish he wouldn't take. Um, gotta love the confidence on the kid, though. You really gotta love the confidence. Um, he's playing very well. He's been playing the point guard position very well. Um, I, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about Quickly, I'll be honest. Uh, he's, he's doing what he can. He should be playing, you know, he should be the starting point guard. He should. He's not. I can't tell you why. He's a better option than Kemba. That's for damn sure. Argue with a wall about that one. The Knicks don't have a point guard right now. Ever since Derrick Rose went down with that injury, he should be back in about maybe next week, two weeks from now. He has been traveling with the team and is doing light workouts um, from what I can tell um, in these in these uh, pictures that I see on Twitter, on social media. Um, he should be back soon, but ever since Rose went down, oh, it's all gone downhill for the Knicks. They don't have a point guard. But Thibodeau with these stubborn ways of him his stubborn ways oh god we'll talk i'll talk uh, more about thibodeau in just a bit quickly you're good brother uh you and rj quick like i said quick rj uh mitch and and quinton i quinton grimes i really don't have anything bad to say 
I love Quentin Grimes. Um, thank goodness he wasn't in the Cam Registrade. Quentin Grimes should be starting over Evan Fournier. Quentin Grimes gives you everything at that two-guard position that Evan Fournier can't even dream about putting together. Grimes, confident, gorgeous-looking jumper. And he is so active on defense. He is... I love watching Quentin Grimes play defense. You know, they say Knicks fans are amongst the smartest. Knicks fans love their defense. That's why Knicks fans love Quentin Grimes. I'll be honest, me personally, I love a good defensive play. Love a good defensive play. And I'm not just talking about like a steal, you know. I watch Quentin Grimes play. And he has this high motor when he's on defense. And that's what gets me going, and that's what gets Knicks fans going. You watch Quinton Grimes play defense, off-ball defense. Doesn't matter if he's on the weak side. The guy that he's guarding is on the weak side. He is playing um, lockdown, off-ball defense, ball denial. And he knows when to help out. He knows how to rotate. He knows how to play defense, unlike Evan Fournier. And again, his off-ball activity, he moves, with, his, he moves with, his, with the man that he's guarding. He'll fight over those screens. He'll fight his life. He'll fight for his life to get around those screens. He doesn't go under them either. He'll go right through a guy. Go right through him. Got to love that about Quentin Grimes. Closeout, rotation, speed. You know, uh, high motor activity, off-ball defense. I love Quentin Grimes. Thank goodness that the Knicks made a good decision in keeping him and not dealing him in the Cam Reddish deal. Obi Toppin, another guy that's that's quite fine in, in my book right now. You get what you get out of Obi. Um, he still has to improve drastically on defense. Um, wouldn't help. I mean, wouldn't hurt for him to. Um, wouldn't hurt if, if he, you know, I don't want to say crash the glass more but because he's always there, but uh, maybe get some more rebounding drills under his belt. I think Toppin can be a really good rebounder. I mean, he has the hops for it. He's just got to learn how to get into position and box out. And, uh, you know, he can, uh, if Obi Toppin gets some minutes, I really do think Obi Toppin can, you know, grab in maybe, you know, seven, eight rebounds a game. Um, his three-point... Uh, that's the thing with Obi Toppin. His three-point, whenever I see him start to line it up and start to pull from three, I still cringe. But Obi Toppin has been making those three lately, especially in the Miami game. I think he went like four for five from deep against the Heat. Toppin, Obi, Osning High School graduate here in Westchester County. I'm from Westchester. Um, Obi Toppin, I don't have anything bad to say about you either, except for maybe, maybe you know, play a little bit better on defense. But I feel as though Obi knows that. I feel as though Toppin knows that he has to get better at defense. I feel as though some of these other players on the Knicks, i.e. Evan Fournier, they don't know that they should be working on their defense. I don't think they do. I really don't think Evan Fournier knows that he stinks at defense. 
I do think Evan Fournier thinks he's great at defense. I'll be honest. Let's see. Who else is on this bench? Alec Burks. Oh, God. I love Alec Burks. I love Alec Burks. Um, He has been great for the Knicks in, what, his two years here? But, man, has he been awful this month. He has been just an absolute shell of himself this month. Uh, Burks is averaging 8.5 points, 5 rebounds, and 3.4 assists um, this month in January 2022. 8.5 points, 5 rebounds, 3.4 assists a night. However, his field goal percentage is at 29% this month. Field goal percentage is at 29%. His three-point percentage is at 28% for the month. I really do think Tom Thibodeau messed up Alec Burks. Because ever since Alec Burks was slotted into that starting point guard role, it's all gone downhill for Burks. Burks, his perfect spot, his perfect position... His ideal position is off the bench at the small forward position, not starting point guard. That's been another thing that has really killed the Knicks over the last, since Derrick Rose went down. Alec Burks is all of a sudden the point guard. Why? Why? You got quick. You got McBride. Why? Why? Thibodeau, please, uh, New York media has to ask him, why Alec Burks? You have Quickly. You have McBride. You have Grimes. Have Grimes run the point. Burks can't run the point. And ever since Burks started running the point guard position, it has all gone down for him. Burks needs to get it together because... He might be on his way out, you know. Um, Nerland's Noel, uh, that's looking like a horrendous signing because Nerland's Noel can't stay healthy. He's, he's made of glass. Taj Gibson, I love me some Taj Gibson, but respectfully, my man, I don't think you should be getting minutes over Obi Toppin. I, don't, I think you should be getting less minutes than Obi Toppin. Toppin playing 13 minutes a game is, is criminal. It's criminal. Um, I, I, I really do. I, I really, really like Taj Gibson. Plus, he sounds like a great guy. He's a Queens guy. Where'd he go? Malloy? He's a... Where did Taj Gibson go to high school? He's a Brooklyn guy. Excuse me. Brooklyn or Queens? Now I'm confused. Yeah, he he's a Brooklyn guy, Fort Greene neighborhood in Brooklyn. Went to school here in, in, in New York. He's a Knicks guy. Went to school in Bay Ridge. But the guy's thirty six years old, you know? Getting minutes over the twenty two year old or twenty one year old Opie Toppin, which by the way, the Knicks drafted because they felt like he was the most NBA-ready prospect available. Um, 
If he's so NBA-ready, why is he only getting 13 minutes a game? I love me some Taj Gibson. Really do. But uh, I don't think he should be getting more minutes than Obadiah Toppin. I like Jericho Sims too, but here's the issue with Jericho Sims. Um, he can't get a break. Because Tom Thibodeau, and now, now we'll shift our focus and our ire to Tom Thibodeau, because Tom Thibodeau is too damn hard-headed. He is too stubborn. He will never, ever change his ways. We saw that stubbornness in Chicago. We saw that stubbornness in Minnesota. We figured, well, Thibodeau's been out of the game for a while. Maybe he'll adapt to the new NBA. Maybe he has changed his ways. Got to give Thibodeau credit for the job that he did last year. And it's incredible to me how Knicks fans have quickly turned on Tom Thibodeau. But guess what? It's well-deserved. This team stinks. No game plan. Awful rotation. And you're a defensive wizard. Why can't we defend the three? I don't have the exact stat, the exact stat in front of me. I'll try to find it, but if you look at these numbers, you know, opponents hitting corner threes, they're automatic. And that's because of Tom Thibodeau's defense. Let's present to you a scenario. Why not? Ball comes up on the left side. It's the weak side. Ball handler has it on the left wing. Guarded by Evan Fournier. Let's say R.J. Barrett is uh, defending the man in the corner. Ball handler X will go ahead and drive past Evan Fournier because the guy literally is Swiss cheese. So he's driving. He gets past Fournier. But the thing with Thibodeau's defense is that the help defender overhelps way too often. So in this scenario that I'm trying to paint for you, on the left wing, the guy gets past Fournier. That, has, that makes Barrett have to help. He'll overhelp, and then it'll be a kick out into the corner wide open for three. Every single night, it happens four times. The guy in the corner just doesn't stick to the guy in the corner. It's the shortest three. And you know that in today's NBA, everybody is trying to shoot the three. So why the hell don't you defend it? Why do you have the corner defenders over helping on a drive and leaving the guy wide open in the corner? These rotations... Oh, God. Last night against Miami. The Knicks are losing by 30 and Julius Randle is still out there. The starting unit is still out there with five minutes left in the third quarter down 30 points. You really think that the, that the starting unit is going to provide the spark that you need, Sibs? Early, earlier in the game, they were down, what, 13-2? Didn't the Miami Heat start the game on 11-2, 13-2 run? In the third quarter against the Heat, the Heat started on the same thing. It was like a 13-2 run again to start the third quarter. Thibodeau just does not see when the starting unit does not have it. 
if it's visible to me, a jabroni who's watching on MSG, how does Thibodeau not see it? The guy who has 30 years under his belt as a coach, coaching basketball at whatever level, how does he not see it? He's right there. And the playing Nerlens Noel or Taj Gibson over Obi Toppin, like I said, or over Jericho Sims, having Kemba Walker or Evan Fournier out there instead of Grimes or McBride or Quickly. Having Fournier out there or Burks out there instead of putting Reddish in. Let me tell you something. If I'm Leon Rose, I am red hot with Tom Thibodeau. Cam Reddish can't crack the lineup. Can't crack the rotation. If I'm Leon Rose, I'm going down to Tom Thibodeau's office and I'm saying, you play Cam Reddish because I did not give up a first round pick just for this guy to sit on the bench and not play. What's the point of the deal? What's the point of giving up a first round pick for a guy who's not going to play? Where's, where's the brains? Where is it? What's the mentality? What's the thought process behind that? The only way, the only way that this is okay is if Thibodeau's idea is to try to get Burks' trade value to go up so that when Burks gets dealt, Reddish takes his minutes. That's the, that's the only possible thing I can think of as to why Burks is getting more minutes than Cam Reddish right now. And Evan Fournier. Awful. Awful. Just awful management. Leon Rose doesn't really get a free pass either. He's the guy who signed Kemba Walker. He's the guy who signed the guy with arthritic knees. He's the guy who traded for a French guy who can't play basketball. He's the guy who traded a first-round pick for Cam Reddish. Leon Rose doesn't get out of this unscathed. But Tom Thibodeau, hey... I don't think it would be the right move, but I would not be surprised if this is Tom Thibodeau's last year as the Knicks head coach, because the way that he has managed the team this year is fireable. The way that he has managed these rotations, the way that he has uh, managed the minutes for Randall, for Toppin, for Reddish, for Grimes, for Quickly, for Na- for Nerlens, for Taj. Fireable. And again, if I'm Le- if I'm Leon Rose, and I see Cam Reddish sitting on the bench for 48 minutes every night, and I traded a first round pick for him, that's a cr- that's a felony. Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau right now, if this keeps up, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last year for Tom Thibodeau as the Knicks head coach. Jeff Van Gundy went up and in 
on the Knicks in the ESPN um, uh, on the ESPN broadcast against the Miami Heat. And Tom Thibodeau and JVG are like this. They're close. They're tight. They're, they're good friends. Pretty sure they worked together for the Knicks at one point. What did he say last night, JVG? He said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Something along those lines. And he is damn right. Because having Randall and Fournier and Kemba out there getting cardio for 38 minutes, getting blown out by 30 points with five minutes left in the third quarter and leaving them out there until there's two minutes left in the third quarter is unacceptable. Again, do you really think after watching the starting unit, after seeing Randall and Barrett, after seeing the starting unit have the highest plus minus of a minus what, 27? You look at that, you take a look at their struggling offense, you take a look at the struggling defense, and you really think, yeah, I'm going to leave these guys out there. Yeah, this is a good idea. I, li- I, like, I like what's going on right now. Oh, dear God. I've reached my breaking point this season. The Knicks are awful. And everybody deserves a little bit of blame. Julius Randle deserves blame. Alec Burks deserves blame. Nerlens Noel... I guess he deserves some blame. He can't stay healthy. Tom Thibodeau deserves blame. Leon Rose deserves blame because Leon Rose is the guy who built this team. Again, Leon Rose is the guy who gave Randall an extension, gave a contract to a guy with arthritic knees, gave a contract to a guy who can't play offense and is worse at defense somehow. Many, many issues with the Knicks right now. They need to make a trade. Uh, they, they need to trade for a point guard, number one. That's, that has to be on the top of the Knicks front office list. Find a point guard, whether it's making a trade or whether it's via free agency. Again, it's the same thing that we've heard for the past, what, two years now. De'Aaron Fox wants out of Sacramento. Donovan Mitchell wants out of Salt Lake City. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is the answer because he's not a true point guard. But, shoot, I'd rather have, I'd much rather have Donovan Mitchell than Evan Fournier or Kemba Walker. That's for damn sure. The Knicks, the Knicks need to make some moves. Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs. Last year was a fluke. Let's call it what it is. Last year was a fluke. They're going to be back in the lottery. Um, You know, this felt good. This felt kind of therapeutic. Just rambling on for 38 minutes and 55 seconds now about... Just this this segment. I did the 30-second open, so I've been rambling for about 39 and a half minutes now. And it feels therapeutic. I invite you, Knicks fans, to... Have a come-to-Jesus moment. Have a point of realization. Come to Jesus. Come to Allah. Whatever your God is. Whomever your God is. You need to look at, look at the man in the mirror. Look at the woman in the mirror. And tell yourself. 
the Knicks stink. And I will not be over, um, overly emotional about this team anymore. It's time to face the reality. Last year was a fluke. They're not doing a damn thing this year. Julius Randle went from most improved to most regressed. Kemba Walker, his career is over due to injuries. Evan Fournier can't do a damn thing. RJ, sorry, bud. Mitch, sorry, bud. Quick, sorry, bud. Quinton, sorry, bud. Sorry that you have to go through this. Sorry that we built the team around you guys. Well, I shouldn't say around Mitch, Quick, and Grimes. but uh, Sorry that this team around you guys is, uh, simply put, a dumpster fire. Um, it's felt good. It's felt good. I don't, feel, I don't feel as bad anymore. That felt really good to get off my chest. Again, I did this with no script. This was all just off the top of the head. Incredible. I'm telling you. Let's, let's put a bow on this. Julius Randle, no bueno no more. Kemba Walker is hurt. Evan Fournier can't do anything. R.J. Barrett is good. Mitchell Robinson's good in my book. So is Quickly. So is Grimes. Alec Burks, you're going to have to turn it around. Cam Reddish, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we traded a first-round pick for you. I'm sorry that you got out of a crappy situation in Atlanta just to wind up in a crappy situation in New York. You know, sorry. Sorry that we traded for you, Cam. Sorry you got to pay more taxes now and you still won't be able to get to play. Sorry, Deuce. Sorry you can't get any minutes, Deuce McBride, because your head coach insists on, you know, having a guy with arthritic knees play 35 minutes a night. Sorry, uh, sorry, Jericho Sims. Sorry, Obi Toppin. You know, injury pro, Nerlens Noel, and... 36-year-old Taj Gibson have to get more minutes than you guys. I'm sorry. It's the Tom Thibodeau way, boys. That is the damn Tom Thibodeau way. And it might cost his job by the end of the season. (sighs) All right, Knicks fans. Grab your calendars if you want to, I guess. Here's the Knicks schedule. Friday, January 28th. In Milwaukee, a 10 p.m. start. Make sure you write that down. 10 p.m. start in Milwaukee. The Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks have to play the Bucks, the defending champions. The Bucks, the same Bucks who just lost to the Cleveland, Ca- uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So you know Giannis and the Bucks are pissed. Again, Friday, 10 o'clock. You can catch that game on ESPN and on MSG. Doesn't get much easier. Well, it does get a little bit easier for the Knicks. They'll be back at home on Monday, January 31st, a 7.30 tip. The Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings come to town. Um, that game will be on E on excuse me, that game will be on MSG. Again, 7.30 start on Monday, January 31st. Kings at Knicks. And then uh, doesn't get easier for the Knicks. The Knicks schedule is getting very tough. Uh, Wednesday, February 2nd, a 7.30 start. The Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant and company, and Jonas Valanciunas, they will be in town. 7.30 tip-off on Wednesday, February 2nd. You can catch that game on ESPN. And 
if you take a look at the Knicks' upcoming schedule, you know, you got the Bucks, Grizzlies, Lakers, Jazz, Nuggets, Warriors, Nets, Heat, Sixers, Sixers, Suns, Clippers. We're into March already. It's not going to get easier for the Knicks at all. So, brace yourselves, Knicks fans. That's why I said in the previous segment, this team's going to miss the playoffs. That's the upcoming schedule for the Knicks. Three games. That was therapeutic to a sense. I'm still not happy. But it felt good to have a moment to just yell into a microphone about the Knicks. It's pretty therapeutic. The Knicks, by the way, I, I don't think I mentioned this at all during the podcast. Um, they are currently 23-26 and 26 in 11th place in the Eastern Conference, eight and a half games back of first place. So um, there's that. The Knicks are uh, half a game behind the Wizards for that 10th and final play-in spot. So let's see what will happen with the Knicks. Don't get your hopes up. This has been the Knicks Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. New York Sports Nation, enhancing your New York fan experience. I'm your host, Manny Rodriguez. I'll see you next time, guys. Until then, go New York. Go New York. Go. See ya.